Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Hey everyone, happy Friday. Hope you've had a good week so far. Today we are going to talk about libertarianism and how that view uh, is defined and plays into the discussion on free will and therefore the problem of evil. Now, uh, as I've been saying this week that I am a libertarian, I consider myself uh, part of this camp, and to once again define it as opposed to what a determinist or a compatibilist would say that that God's sovereignty means that he is absolutely in control of everything that happens and goes on within creation, both in the, the, the physical realm and the spiritual realm, that God's decrees uh, can never be thwarted, that his plans and his purposes can never be undermined, that whatever God wants, God will get because he is sovereign. And that includes that the, the choices that uh, we make. And, and again, we looked at some scriptural basis for this, that God turns people's hearts wherever he wishes, that God can harden people's hearts if he so chooses. And so it sure seems like uh, God is ultimately in control of whatever we do, whatever we choose. But I'm going to offer a different perspective, the, the libertarian perspective, uh, today. And again, this is up to you. I want to just sort of lay things out there and allow you to draw some conclusions based on where you are at and, and maybe even spur you on to do a little more research and, and study in this area. So one thing I want to clarify right up front is that if determinists and compatibilists would say that we believe God is sovereign over all things, I, I want to say right up front, that does not mean that libertarians somehow would hold to a position that God is not sovereign over all things. Libertarians would agree that God determines most things. In fact, the vast majority of things are determined by God. Libertarians would just say that that doesn't mean, though, that God determines all things, God determines almost all things, just not everything. That God has decided uh, to give human beings, and spiritual beings for that matter, the gift of moral agency so that we can fully and freely choose uh, between things. And that when we choose, we really, truly could have chosen differently. That when I choose something morally praiseworthy, part of the reason why it is morally praiseworthy that I chose that is that I could have chosen something less praiseworthy or, or even morally wrong or repugnant. And that by the same token, that when I choose something morally evil, the reason that I am rightly condemned for making that choice is because I didn't have to choose that. I could have chosen something different. And so that that's not to say that God is not sovereign over creation. He absolutely is. But just to make the distinction that it seems as if 
based on scripture and on, on our own uh, our own observations of life that God has chosen to imbue his uh, creation, or at least humans and and spiritual beings with this uh, ability. And that it is not an ability that he's given to all of his created beings, but that he has given to us. And this is a, a face value, I think, common sense way that we live life. We've already talked about that. We conduct our society as if this is true. We raise our children as if this is true. And the Bible in many places seems to assume that it is true as well. If you look at how God holds humans uh, to account for their presumably freely made moral choices, we can look uh, right in the garden uh, with Adam and Eve, that God holds Adam and Eve responsible for their choice to disobey his command, even though Eve was deceived by the serpent, because Adam and Eve both suffer individual and corporate consequences as a result of their decisions. And so God treats them as if they could have resisted the serpent, as if they could have chosen not to eat of the fruit. Um, and we see that same pattern reflected throughout God's interactions with the children of Israel and the punishment in the desert at Sinai. We see the same pattern uh, enacted by God throughout uh, his dealings with his people in the Old Testament and choosing to punish them with the exiles. Uh, we see it over and over again in scripture. In fact, we, as I mentioned in, in Acts chapter five, we see it in the New Testament uh, within the Christian community that there is this expectation that when you sin, you didn't have to. And so there rightly need to be consequences. And those are laid at your feet, not God's or not anyone else's. Uh, and so that is, uh, again, I think just a, a overall theme that we can just see as we look at how people deal with each other and how God deals with people. It sure seems as if they are really free to choose what they choose and they could have done otherwise when they, when they make a choice. Now, are there problems with the libertarian view? Sure. Absolutely. Uh, there are questions that it raises and things that need to be squared, just like with the determinist view and the compatibilist view. They're just different questions. So for example, how does the libertarian view square with God's foreknowledge? That's a very valid question. Of if, if God knows everything that's going to happen before it happens, then how can it make any sense to say that we really could choose otherwise? God already knows what I'm going to do. Doesn't that mean that I have to do that thing? That's a question that we need to answer. And we're actually going to get to that in uh, the course of this season when we look at one of our upcoming big questions on the problem of evil. Uh, because understanding foreknowledge and how it ties into free will, at least on the libertarian view, is a question that we absolutely will answer I think there's a good answer to it, but all I all I'm saying here is that um, libertarian is not a out of the box perfect view. It has challenges as well, and one of those challenges is foreknowledge. How do we how do we 
a deal or address the fact uh, of God's foreknowledge. Uh, another thing to think about with regard to libertarianism is doesn't it make God less sovereign if there are certain choices and actions that are outside of God's direct and immediate control? Doesn't that mean that God's not really fully sovereign? Some people think so. Uh, I am not convinced that it does. In fact, I think there's ways of thinking about God's sovereignty that, frankly, the fact that he allows free will would actually make him even more sovereign. But uh, but it is a question worth thinking about of how exactly does that square. So those are two big questions that need to be answered by the libertarian. If you aren't a libertarian or if you are and you've never thought about these questions, then these are questions worth asking. Uh, to a libertarian so that they can begin to consider. Uh, really, part of my goal is not only to help you make up your own mind, but also to to lay some pretty difficult questions at your feet so that whatever position you end up holding, that you hold it because you have you have thought through the challenges to it and you've still come to the conclusion that this is your position, not that you hold it and you've never had to challenge it or think through anything difficult about it. Every position on free will has difficulties. So whatever you hold, I pray that you hold it because you have thoughtfully and prayerfully considered it in light of scripture, in light of uh, the revelation that God has given us, and that you hold it with conviction and yet in a way and manner where you can disagree with brothers and sisters and still remain in fellowship with one another because that is important as well. 